welcome to the Fiercely Faye podcast. I'm your host, Ali Faye, entrepreneur, online coach, and your wellness bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind, shift your perceptions, and be more present. So turn the volume up and put your headphones on. Let's go live life fiercely. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fiercely Fay. I'm here with a great episode for you guys today. I've been doing a lot of journaling lately and a lot of processing and reflecting on how far I've really come. And I don't just mean like career or like where I live. I'm talking about like internal growth. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. Have you ever looked back at yourself five years ago and you're like, who was I then? Like, I don't even recognize that human. Like, who was I? What kind of life did I live? Who are my friends? It's like a a dream or like a life that was like non-existent almost. It's incredible. So today I've got a really great episode for you guys today and I'm going to share with you guys five lessons that I've learned in the last five years. And this, I hope, can either really resonate with you in terms of your own journey and your own growth, or hopefully it resonates with you in terms of things that you still have to work on or things that might need a little bit more attention and a little bit more love in your own life. But you guys know what time it is. Before we jump into it, I'm going to open up one of my books here for a quote for today. And today I picked out 101 Simple Truths for a Better Life from Humble the Poet. Oh my goodness, I got a good one for you guys today. I don't know how this happens every time, but it just works so perfectly. And that's why I love doing this. I love starting the podcast with like a quote to kind of lead the way, get our minds in the right place, and kind of set the tone for the rest of the episode. So today's quote says, our time is limited, so be mindful of who you spend it on. Bam. That's incredible. Our time is limited, so be mindful of who you spend it on. Oh, that literally goes hand in hand with today's episode. I can't even believe that I picked that page. Wow. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm st- I'm shook. That is incredible. So before we get into today's episode, I want you to think about that really quickly because like that quote is literally spot on. Our time is limited, so be mindful of who you spend it on. It's so incredible to think about that. I want you guys to reflect back on like a past relationship or past friendships or past jobs or anything that you stayed in longer than you should have or a place where you felt not whole or not aligned, right? You were unhappy and we stayed there longer than we should have knowing that we weren't happy or knowing that it wasn't for us, right? And that's what this whole episode is about. This whole episode is about the five lessons that I've learned in the last five years, and it all comes back down to being intentional with our time and energy, the people and places and things that we give it to. So this quote is literally perfection. So 
Let's dive into it because I'm super, super excited for today's episode. I don't know about you guys, but I love journaling. It has been such an outlet for me since I was a really young girl. I was able to, you know, instead of talking to friends about like what was going on at home or talking to random strangers at school, like the um, like therapists or whatever they're called, like the counselors at school, um, I always felt safe writing in my journals. So I've always had journals my entire life growing up and it was such an outlet for me and it still is in terms of getting my mind clear, getting clarity, getting understanding of my thoughts, feelings, and emotions that I have going on inside my mind. And very lately, I've been journaling quite a bit and I just have like all of these thoughts and these ideas and all of these things inside my brain. And I'm like, I need to get it out on paper before I go to bed. So I actually used to journal every single morning. And now I've been doing second journaling at nighttime. So in the mornings, like I'll do my gratitudes, affirmations, my values. And then at nighttime, if my mind is super, like super active and super busy with all of these things, um, then I just start journaling again and I write it out down. So that's kind of like the inspiration behind today's episode because I was reflecting on a situation and I was reflecting on like how it was making me feel and why was I feeling that way. And I wanted to really be present with my thoughts, my feelings and emotions and then how I was responding to the situation. And in that moment, I started to realize the internal growth that I have done in the last like eight years. And I was like, holy shit, the old alley would have reacted. The old alley would have been a hothead and just freaked out and demanded answers and demanded to know why and da 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 da. And I sat there in my bed and I was journaling and I was like, holy shit, like, I am so calm and at peace right now. And when people say things or do things, the old alley would react right away, 100%. Zero to 60 in three seconds. Like I would just go black, I would see red, whatever. Now it's almost like the complete opposite. I almost like, not that I don't respond, but I sit there and I'm like, okay, give me a minute. I need to like process what you just did or what you just said. And before I even respond, I sit in my thoughts and I try to understand the feelings that I'm having and understand the thoughts behind the feelings so that way I can understand why I feel that way. Okay, this made me feel upset or sad or hurt. Why does it make me feel sad, upset or hurt? right? So I really try to like reflect on the feelings and the thoughts that come with those feelings. Am I overreacting in my mind or is there a place where I feel rejected or disrespected or not included or not being told the truth or whatever it might be, I'm able to actually sit, pause, process, reflect, and then respond. So 
that was one of the things that I've been really noticing in myself lately with certain situations that come up. And it's such a 180 from who I was eight years ago. And it's something that I'm really, really, really proud of because I used to be a terrible communicator. <laughs> Horrible. Okay. So I'm going to go over today the five big lessons that I've learned in the last five years. Essentially, it's over the last like eight years, I would say. But just in the last five years, these things have really been something that I've learned and applied and practiced. And now they're just who I am. They've just become part of like my character, my personality, and just like how I am wired, I guess you could say, like how I function. Um, and they're really great things. They're really positive things. And there's things that I haven't actually like sat down and acknowledged before until I journaled the other night. And I was like, holy shit. Your girl's out here growing, okay? Your girl's out here growing. So I just wanted to share these things with you, these five lessons with you guys, because like I said in the beginning of the episode, I hope that you're able to resonate with these so that way you can acknowledge and be proud of yourself for becoming this growth person and becoming a more mature version of yourself in terms of how you respond to things. Or you resonate with them in a sense of, Certain things need work and certain things just require a little bit more love and attention. So I'm going to share with you guys my five big lessons. And I think the biggest thing has always been the communication, clear communication, and really being able to speak up and voice my feelings, thoughts, my ideas without feeling like it wasn't good enough or feeling like I might hurt the other person or feeling like I might cause confrontation. Um, for anyone who knows me, I do not like confrontation. I don't know about you guys, but it gives even like the smallest little piece of what could be confrontation, like any kind of like if you have to go into a meeting, like I get super anxious because I don't like confrontation. And it's something that I'm still working on, but any kind of opportunity for confrontation to come up, I'm just like, I avoid it. <laughs> I avoid it like the plague. I'm just, I'm not about it. I'm not there. Cancel. Count me out. <laughs> like, not for me. Okay, I'll pass. You can do you and I'll just like go over here and kind of crawl away. I cannot. It freaks me out. Um... So anytime that I would have like any thoughts or ideas before I used to kind of keep them to myself because I would think like, oh, well, they're not good enough or they won't understand or maybe it'll cause a fight and I would just never bring it up. And now I'm able to talk about my thoughts and talk about my feelings and the ideas that I have and my opinions. But the main thing, if you're somebody who's able to do this as well, but you're still struggling with it, is the person on the other side, the person who's receiving this information from you also needs to be able to create a safe space for you to communicate those things. That's one thing I've noticed big time with communication besides ourselves being able to communicate. We need somebody on the other end who's able to receive what we're saying and create a safe space that allows us to be vulnerable, that allows us to be honest without deflecting, without any backlash, without creating an argument, without cutting us off, right? To really see and hear us 
when we are in that vulnerable state and communicating. So I think for me, that's like a huge thing is being strong enough and confident enough to be able to speak up and voice my feelings, voice my thoughts and the things that are, you know, on my mind. But also listening. (laughs) Very, very, very important. Listening without interrupting the other person and just being quiet, sitting still and hearing them and everything that they're saying and really listening to you know, the thoughts, feelings, and emotions behind the words. Really, really, really listening to somebody else, their body language, everything, without interruption, right? And responding in a very calm and intentional way. So again, I used to be a hothead, my boyfriend and I, way back in the day. We would try to communicate anytime something happened. We rarely fought. We were together for quite a few years and we had a really great relationship. You end up being more of a friendship, but we had a very good, strong situationship, I'll say. Um, But, you know, there was no jealousy. There was no anger. There was no, like, we rarely fought. If we did, it was pretty big, though. And it would just be, like, a lot of arguing back and forth and da-da-da. Mostly because we both sucked at communication, for sure. But on my part, I'll speak for myself, I really sucked at communication. (laughs) Like, I really my brain would just get so crazy and so wild up that I like, I couldn't process. I couldn't pause. I couldn't reflect. It was just a hothead. And I don't know if any of you guys are like that or used to be like that, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Like I honestly, there have been so many times where we would sit on the couch and I would tell myself like, Allie, woosa, sit down, relax, let him speak, calm down. And then he would say one or two things and boom, my mouth would just open and I would run off again. I just like, I couldn't contain myself. Like, I don't know what the heck was wrong with me. Like, I couldn't like sit and just actively listen to what he was saying. And he was always, for the most part, he was always speaking pretty calmly. And he was always just trying to like voice his opinion or like how something made him feel. And I just felt always attacked. I was always coming from this place of like having to defend myself or needing to protect myself which stemmed, like I know now, it really stemmed from a childhood trauma, but I always felt like fight or flight and I always felt like attack mode or defense mode. And I was like that for a very, 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 very long time in my jobs, my friendships, my relationships, my family, everything. It would always go into like defense, attack mode, like protect myself kind of thing, like fight or flight. So Number one lesson that I've learned in the last five years is definitely communication. Like I said, I'm able to take time to like process, reflect, and then respond instead of reacting. So really having mature communication now, I pride myself on it. I really, really do. So that's number one. Number two, this is a good one. Number two is setting boundaries. And I don't just mean with other people, I mean with myself. Really understanding how certain people, situations, experiences made me feel and learning to listen to me and those feelings and being able to say no and protecting my own peace and my own well-being, right? And it starts with setting those boundaries with myself. 
Because if we don't set boundaries with ourselves, then we allow everyone else to walk all over us. Or we allow all of these external things to affect us because we don't have set boundaries with ourselves. So how could we expect other people to respect any boundaries if we don't have them with ourselves? Right? So that took me a really, really, really long time. And I actually learned that just, I would say like three years ago, um, pretty recent. And I was reading a book called Imperfections something, The Gift of Imperfections by Brene Brown. I have it over there in my living room. But The Gift of Imperfections by Brene Brown. She taught me in her book how to set clear boundaries and how to know what kind of boundaries you need to set within yourself and then how to apply those to, you know, friends, family, situations, experiences and stuff. But if it weren't for her book, I don't think that I would have been able to set those boundaries so clearly and understand what it means to really set boundaries because I would always just say yes when I didn't feel like it or if I was tired or if I knew that I had to get up early the next morning but the girls want to go out for drinks or go out for dinner or something or a movie or they just want to hang out, whatever it might have been, I would always just say yes, 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 right? I didn't want to upset people. I always wanted everyone around me to be happy and I didn't also, there was a part of me that like didn't want to miss out, always wanted to be involved and you know, all of that. So really setting boundaries now has brought me so much peace and so much calmness and clarity in my own life because now I know for me, if I'm like, I've had a 15-hour day, I'm absolutely exhausted, I need my sleep tonight because tomorrow I have a long day and if I don't get sleep tonight, tomorrow is going to be hell and I don't want tomorrow to be hell. So being able to say no or limiting yourself and saying, okay, I'll come out, but just until 9 p.m. or I'll just come out for dinner and then I'll go home. Like making little like compromises and boundaries like that where you're still able to do the things that you'd like. You just don't have to be out all night. You just don't have to go all the way, right? Or sometimes you don't go at all. So whatever the boundaries are for yourself, that's what it also is. The other thing is I'll bring it to a dating perspective. Um. I also set boundaries in my dating life. A lot of people, like if we go out for dinner, if we go out for coffee or tea, or if we meet up somewhere, typically by the end of it, the guy's always like, oh, want to come back to my place? <laughs> like it always ends up like that, right? And you know, it's not just to go over and sit at the kitchen table and have like a TED talk. Like you know what they want, right? To some extent, you know that like coming back to their house is more private, it's intimate, it has huge opportunities for so many things to happen. And for me, I was always down because my intentions going into it were always very like, yeah, sure, like I would love to go and like sit down, sit on the couch and just like talk and communicate and get to know each other. Those were always my intentions. Hooking up and all of that shit never crossed my mind because that's just not who I am, especially on a first date. But guys are guys, right? And the minute you say yes, I'll come to your house, they're like, boom, bingo, locked in, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You know what I mean? 
Like, tell me if I'm wrong. Somebody, I know there's some guys out there that don't think like that and they're definitely on the same page of me of just like, like come over to my place, like we can sit down, like we can have a tea or like talk, like I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) But for me, those have always been my intentions because I have these like rules or I guess boundaries with myself that like I'm not here to like meet somebody, meet a human being for the first time ever and then take all my clothes off and hook up with you. Like that's just not how I roll. Um... So yeah, and especially if there's been like drinks and stuff at dinner or whatever you guys are doing, like the last thing I want is something to go down while we're all like intoxicated kind of thing, right? So um, one of the biggest boundaries that I've set with myself in terms of like dating again was to not have first dates be in their house or be in one of our homes. Like it has to be a public place and I go home at the end of the night. There's no going back to your house. There's definitely no going back to my house. Like we'll meet in a public place. I don't care if we go for a walk in the park with your dog or if we go grab tea or coffee or if we go for dinner, if we go and play mini golf, I don't care. Whatever it is, it has to be a public place. And at the end of the night, I don't care if we spent the whole day together. If it was a day date, I don't care if we spent 10 hours together. I'm not going back to your house, if I even remotely think that like we don't have the same intentions, right? Or if we haven't spent enough time together, like if it was an evening thing, we only had like a couple hours together, like I'm not going back to your house. <laughs> like It's just not. Um, so anyways, so back a few months ago, I met somebody and we were talking about like how we would get together and like what we would do. And I remember for the very first time in my entire life, 32 years old for the first time in my entire life, I remember texting him and I remember I was going home after work that night. I remember texting him and because he was like, oh, we can just like go for a drive and then come back to my place. And I remember texting him right away and I was just like, I don't, something along the lines of like, I don't feel comfortable going back to your, like going back to your house or like being in one of our homes kind of thing because, um, so like I said something along the lines of like so many bad opportunities or like bad experiences, something about like bad experiences kind of thing. Um, Obviously, I worded it a lot better than that, but I was really, really proud of myself to be able to say to him like, look, I'm down to meet up and I come down to do whatever, but I don't feel comfortable going back to your place because, you know, bad experiences have happened and I just don't want to go down that road. And he was 110% okay with it, like did not flinch, easy peasy, no problem. And in that moment, I'll never forget, I literally felt like a whole weight, the whole world was lifted off my shoulders because before I would have just surrendered to it and I would have been like, yeah, okay, like no problem. Why? Because I didn't want to be that girl that was like, oh, no, I don't want to or oh, no, I don't want to go to your place. No, 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 I want to be taken out. Da-da-da. I didn't want to come off as a person who wasn't down for something or who wasn't down for fun and adventure and like getting to know you and hanging out. Like, you know, I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to come off that way. So all my life I've always said yes to things, right? Because I didn't want to disappoint. I don't want to come off a different way. But in that moment, I've never felt so relieved (laughs) and so proud. Like, girls, 
you need to set those boundaries, whatever they are. If you're like, I don't do dinner on the first date because I prefer to do an activity to like really get to know you. Or if you're like, I just prefer to go home at the end of the night. Like I don't want to be in your own home or my home. Or if guys, if you find like you're always ending up at your house in your own space and then you have to kick guys out or whatever the situation might be, set those boundaries. Set those boundaries with yourself and tell yourself like, look, I don't feel comfortable in these certain situations. It's up to me to prevent them, right? Whatever you don't say no to, you're saying yes to. Whatever you're allowing is on you. You're putting yourself in these situations. So it's up to you to set those boundaries with yourself and say, no, I don't want to be in that situation anymore. It is such a good feeling. Like I can't even like praise it enough. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. That was literally this year, like a few months ago. And I've never done that in my entire life. And it was the best feeling ever. So number two was setting boundaries. <laughs> setting boundaries with yourself. Okay. Understanding how certain people, places, things, situations, experiences make you feel and learning to say no to protect your own peace and well-being. Set boundaries with yourself. Number three a really good one here, being intentional with time and energy. And that's why I said that quote was literally a home run because he said, our time is limited, so be mindful of who you spend it on. And my number three big lesson that I've learned in the last five years is being intentional with time and energy, right? Becoming aware of what was draining your mental and emotional energy and reevaluating what activities, experiences, people that you exchange your time with. Not everything and not everyone is worth sacrificing your sleep, your energy, rest, time, alone time, right? You have to kind of pick and choose your battles between where you spend your time and energy. And this, for me, really helped to obviously take care of myself and my own well-being, my own energy, but it also allowed me to show up 100% authenticity, authentic, genuine, energized to the things and to the people that I did give my time and energy to. Because instead of saying, instead of saying yes all the time and just being down for everything and everyone, and losing all of my energy and losing, you know, my own time, time for sleep, time for gym, time to meal prep or like any errands I had to do or if I had to do laundry, like literally all of those things were being sacrificed because I wasn't intentional with my time and energy. So the moment you start being intentional with those things, you start to show up fully to the things you do show up for. And it's a beautiful thing because you're way more energized, you're way more present, and you feel so much more fulfilled because you're having a good time and you're enjoying yourself and you're enjoying the people and the experiences that you're having because you feel energized, you feel well-rested. Even if there's days where you're like, I'm super tired, but I said yes to this and I do really want to go, if it's something that will make you happy, then definitely do it. Definitely do it. 
So just be intentional with your time and your energy and who and what you give it to. Super, super, super important. I find now that my experiences and the things that I do, you know, the things that I do do and the the hangouts that I have with my friends and stuff, I always leave now feeling really good because I'm like, I'm glad that I went. I'm glad that I did that. I was well rested. I slept well. My things are taken care of. I went to the gym. Like I took care of me and still allowed time for that other thing. So I think being intentional with time and energy has been a huge lesson and one that we don't really see and think of very often. But it's a huge part of your growth and it's going to change your experiences. 100%. 100%. So number four is a big one. <laughs> Learning myself all over again. Learning myself all over again and really honoring her. So since 2017, okay, so my last relationship was 2017. Um, it was a very violent relationship, very traumatic. Police were involved. Friends from across the country were involved from social media because I reached out for help on social media. Um, just a crazy, crazy experience. And I've been single ever since. So since 2017, I was on a healing journey for many years many, many years. I had a lot of trauma. I had a lot of PTSD from it. And like traumatized is not even a word for it. So I was on a healing journey for many years. And when I came out of all of that and all of that inner work that I had done, I had no idea what life was anymore. Because everything that I once knew Everybody that I once knew, including myself, were a thing of the past. Everything was a thing of the past. I had to relearn myself through new experiences, new friendships, relationships, new career, new life altogether. Like literally everything in that year changed. And over the fourth, like third or fourth years coming after that, I was a completely different person and I had to relearn myself. How did I respond or react to certain situations or certain things, right? How did they affect me now? Or was I even exposed to certain situations anymore? What kind of people I was around and how they made me feel and how I contributed to those relationships? Everything was a new learning curve for me for the following few years after that. And like it's a really beautiful thing to watch yourself grow into this woman that you're, you know, supposed to be and destined to be. And becoming the woman that I did and that I am and still strive to be every day, like I'm so honored to be this woman that I wish I had to look up to when I was younger. I really wish I had that. And honoring who I am, honoring who you are, should make you genuinely proud. So if you've done a healing journey and you've done a lot of inner work and you've worked on yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, I think if you aren't genuinely proud of who you are, it's okay. I think it just means that there's a little bit more work and a little bit more love that you have to give yourself. But I think that you should always be proud of where you are today and how far you've come and honor that part of you. 
because a healing journey has no timeline. A healing journey has no finish line. And it's a constant. It's a constant. Things will always come up over the years to challenge us, especially as we continue to grow. We start to experience new experiences. We meet with new people and maybe our career changes. Eventually, maybe we meet our partner, have kids, settle down. You know, all of these things are new, not obstacles, but new like life challenges. And they require a different version of us every step of the way, right? I don't know if I ever were to have a husband and kids, okay? Let's just say like five, 10 years down the road. I don't think that I would be this person that I am today. There's, there's no way. I couldn't. When you have somebody else that you have to take care of and you're now like a wife and you're a mom, like that requires a different version of you, right? Not in a bad way, but it requires a different version of you. Just like if you're single and then you start dating again, being in a relationship requires a different version of you, right? So through my healing journey, I really had to relearn myself. What did I like? What did I not like? What made me feel good? How did I show up to the relationships that I now had, the friendships, right? How did I contribute to that from my own healing journey? And understanding who I was now and how my world completely changed was a huge lesson, huge, huge lesson. So if you're going through a healing journey or if you've just come out of a healing journey, be patient with yourself, be gentle with yourself because you have to really relearn yourself and understand who you are now because everything and everyone that you once known is a thing of the past. When you step into your power and you become a whole different version of you that knows better, that does better, that shows up differently, that seeks out different things. You can't chase that old life because it will do nothing for you. It doesn't serve you. So really relearning yourself is a huge, huge lesson. And I think you need to honor yourself and be genuinely proud of where you are and how far you come while you're still working for more. So that was a big lesson in the last five years, really learning myself all over again and really honoring her. The last one here, guys, <laughs> this one's the fun one. Um, chase your dreams. Chase your dreams. Number five, biggest lesson I've learned in the last five years. Chase your dreams. If you don't know, I moved across the country a year ago, a little over a year ago now, from Ontario to British Columbia. And how that happened was the summer before that, um, my best friend and I were on a 10-day or two-week vacation, something around there. And um, we came out here to BC. We traveled for a bit. We went on the island, went to Vancouver, went to different places. Then we went to Alberta. And we spent a bunch of time in Jasper. Then went to Lake Louise. Then spent a whole bunch of time in Banff before flying back to Ottawa. And the minute I got back from Ottawa... I think I was back for like a day. I said to myself, I need to live in Vancouver. What a dream. 
the feeling I felt when I was here. Now I know I was on vacation. I know it was summertime and it was hot and the beaches and the palm trees, but like the vibe here, the people here, the restaurants, the ocean, palm trees. Oh my goodness. I, it was like a dream. It was like moving to California kind of thing, right? Like that's what it felt like for me. And I was like, I need to live here. Like why am I stuck in Ottawa, Ontario? I've been there for eight years. I'm single. I've been single for a long time. Like I've had the same friends for a long time. Like I'm starting to really outgrow Ottawa and outgrow the person that I was. So I had this dream of moving to Vancouver, had this dream of living there and being around mountains and forests and so much nature. I'm so connected with nature. I love nature so much. And within a day, it was set in stone. And I texted my best friend. I said, Cam, I'm going to move to British Columbia. And he's like, you go, girl. Like, you do it. Like, get it done. (laughs) He's like, I believe in you. I know you can. He's like, you'll do it. And within seven days, so six days later, I secured my apartment. I found a new job. I booked a moving company. And then eventually I told my job and my landlord, like, hey, I'm moving to British Columbia. (laughs) All within seven days, I made it happen. Everything was booked, scheduled, and done. Signed for, deposits down, done. It was happening. And that was it. I chased my dream. Now, this isn't to say that when I got here, that it was easy peasy and everything came together. The job that I had secured, the CEO of the company who hired me, she went MIA for two months. So I had no job for almost two months. I found a job at the end of November. And I also couldn't stay in my place for the first week or so. I had no internet, nothing set up because the internet company that I had booked before I even moved here told me that they only do um, apartment buildings and like condo buildings. And because I'm in a house, they're like, oh, we don't do residential? Like what? Anyways, so I had two weeks here with no internet. So I would spend 10 hours a day in Starbucks for my first two weeks here. Um, I also didn't know anybody here pretty much. I had one friend here and I was staying with him here and there and he was helping me out a little bit. And on top of that, I went six weeks sleeping on the ground because I didn't have any furniture. I didn't have any cooking stuff. Like all my stuff was packed up. I flew across the country with my cat and my luggage and that's it. So it was an adjustment. And when my stuff got here, boxes were broken and scrapped. Things were missing that I never got. Like it was just insane. It was the craziest thing. But I am so happy that I moved here because that version of Allie that I just told you guys about that version of her that went through the healing journey, set her boundaries, learned myself all over again and became this other woman and became this other person that I was destined to be, she would have been held back in Ottawa. And I felt that as soon as I came back from my vacation, I felt how stuck I was and how this version of me was dying to bloom and was dying to spread my wings and to go out there and do something bigger and better that was more aligned with who I was and what I wanted out of life. 
but I wasn't going to get that by staying where I was. I needed to chase my dreams. And although it's been a very rocky road, it's been a lot of roller coasters, ups and downs. My first year was hell, absolute hell. Um, I was super homesick. I went back to Ottawa twice for a week at a time. I don't regret any of it. It's really made me appreciate the journey, how scared I was, how vulnerable and brave I was. And the friendships that I have now, the career that I have now, I opened up my own business. I'm an entrepreneur. I help other women. I have amazing friendships here that are super, super positive and supportive and ambitious and very healthy. Like everything is really good here. And I don't think that I would have experienced any of that if I didn't chase my dreams. There's just no way. So the biggest, maybe not the biggest, but one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in the last five years is to chase your dreams. Chase your dreams because life is too short. I wish I had the opportunity to, you know, spend some time in my 20s to travel the world like a lot of people do here in Vancouver, I notice. Like everybody has roommates, mostly because it's super expensive, but pretty much everybody here has roommates and they don't own any furniture. They don't own any like anything or any assets, a car or anything. And they just travel. People hop around and just travel and travel and travel, but they're all in their twenties. And I'm like, oh, I wish I did that. That's one thing like I wish that I had the opportunity to do is like while I was young and you know, didn't have furniture and didn't own things, just like the clothes on my back. I wish I had the opportunity to just like take that and and travel the world and experience a little bit more. And maybe I'll get to do that one day, but that's something that, you know, is a dream that I never got to live out. So moving to Vancouver was another dream. And I was like, I need to make this happen. Everything is aligned right now for me to make this move. I'm single. I don't have any assets. Like I have the freedom and the financial freedom to kind of move around. Like nothing is holding me down. I'm not in a relationship. My job can be, you know, transferred or do something else. Everything was in the right place and aligned for me to make the move. And I took it. I took the chance. So I encourage you guys to really chase your dreams, whatever it might be, especially while we're young and while you have the opportunity. Because there's a lot of things that I wish I did that I may never get to. But this was one of the things that I said it needs to happen. So if there's something that you're thinking about and you're like, I need to make this happen, I don't know if it's traveling, I don't know if it's um, putting yourself back out there to start dating again, or if it's starting a podcast, starting a YouTube channel, opening up your own business, whatever it is for you, whatever your dream is for you, you should make it happen. Chase that dream until you accomplish it because you will feel so good. You will feel so aligned with your life and what you've done with your time and your energy, all of it. There's no regret in chasing your dreams. There can be obstacles, there can be challenges, and there can be a feeling of regret when things are super, super tough and challenging. But once you overcome those little obstacles, you look back and you're like, holy shit, I'm living a dream. I'm living one of my dreams. It's the most incredible feeling. It's the most incredible feeling. So I'm going to leave that with you guys today. Those are my five biggest lessons I've learned in the last five years. 
clear communication, setting boundaries, being intentional with time and energy, learning yourself all over again after a healing journey, and chasing your dreams. I hope one of those five, if not all of them, really resonate with you, whether you're actively you know, working on those things or if you've really accomplished those things and you've become the person you are today because you've gone through all of those biggest lessons, okay? Be gentle with yourself, honor yourself, be patient with yourself, keep growing, keep learning every single day because you're going to become the best version of you every single day. Those big five lessons are going to help you live your life a lot more fiercely. (laughs) I promise you that. I hope you guys all had an amazing time listening to today's podcast. I know it was a little bit of a long one, but it was a good one. I feel like those were really good five lessons that we all need to kind of focus on on ourselves with. And growth can be a beautiful thing. Growth can be a very beautiful thing. So thank you guys for tuning in again today. I appreciate you all. Until next time, much love. And that wraps up another episode of Fiercely Fae. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you found this helpful. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and share this podcast with anyone you think would get value from it. And remember, live life fiercely.